0: If you guys like tie-dye, you guys like good quality products and want to help out a former college baseball player and teammate of mine with a small business, go check out the tie-dye company. Use code RBI right now to get 30% off the entire site. Yes, that is the entire site. Use code RBI at the tie-dye company. Find them on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, website, whatever it is. RBI, 30% off. Check it out. hello everybody and welcome to Chit chat i am your host and today i'm joined by two lovely gentlemen the first one is mr jp fashone jp how are you doing today sir
1: good good to be back always a fun way to spend a sunday night
0: hey yo hey yo baby <sighs> and then we have another lovely gentleman by the name of steven pachyderm steven nope. how are you doing sir That's it's it's wrong what is it?
2: Steven Pagandorm, dude. You've known me for how long?
0: Dude, I didn't know your name was spelled with a PH until like two weeks ago.
2: <laughs> That's fair. I was just speaking <laughs> to everybody. That's you, co-education, <laughs> baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how are you doing today, you son of a gun?
2: No, oh, I'm good. Just living. Living life.
0: There you go. And you had a couple lessons today?
2: Yes, yeah, sir. Hey, how baby you know?
0: had the Ah... Why are you helping their side? That's, I, I, I got to help it anyway, actually.
2: You know,
0: (laughs) no, no, Uh, I'm a big team guy. Hey, it's all you can ask for right there, honestly, at the end (laughs) of the day. Well, everybody, uh, today we're actually going to do a little bit of a a focus on approach. Um, Approach to me um, has a couple different kind of sides to it. I remember I was working um, a facility that we're not going to name um and the head guy um kind of broke it down really simple and i liked it a lot uh he would ask a question of uh were you late or how was your timing were you late were you early and then how was the pitch selection was it something that you could handle or was it not um and if you were later early on your timing and if it was and or if it was a pitch that you could not handle Instead of, you know, worrying about your swing mechanic or anything like that, you need to focus a little bit more on the approach side. That, you know, your swing mechanic, that could be totally fine, actually. you got to have the prettiest swing in the world, but if your approach and your timing is extremely off, if you're swinging when the ball's still in the pitcher's hand or when it's in the catcher's mitt, it doesn't really matter what your swing looks like. And so kind of just breaking that down to having kids, you know, think a little bit more on that side of things and instead of always thinking, you know, i got to change something in my swing. Um, kind of separating those two out, um, I liked a lot. And so that's kind of helped a lot of my guys and also myself just kind of breaking it down. Uh, JP, when you hear approach, kind of what comes to mind for you?
1: Yeah, uh, like you said, I think there's a there's a couple of different ways to think about approach. Um, but like for me, I think approach can uh, mask a lot of pulls in guys' swings. Um, I think, like you said, like you can have a really good swing uh, and have a shitty approach and you're not going to be a very good hitter. Um, and you can also have kids that uh, don't have the best swings. They're not the biggest, they're not the fastest, they're not the strongest, uh, but they got really good approaches and so they're productive. They get on dates, um, they walk a lot, and when they do, they do make contact, they're making better contact than, than somebody else that's kind of swinging it uh, balls all over the place, so I think it's it's definitely something that uh, gets talked about a lot closer the season. Um, you know, kind of in the transition from training to competition. Um, and it's it's kind of something that I try to use to go like, hey, buddy, like you cannot hit a curveball to save your life. Um, so let's let's try and get ourselves in counts and situations and build an approach around the fact that we can't do that, and let's take advantage of the fact that you hammer fastballs. Um, so a lot of ways to do it, but I think it's a good way to uh, kind of individualize uh, to the athlete and make them uh, have them take advantage of their skill set uh, in competition.
2: I like that. I like that a lot. I do, too. That was really good. Stevie, what you got? You covered money, was it? Most of it, but... Another thing I like to add to it, I think it gives it a little bit of a like a, a mental advantage in in the sense of like confidence, right? So if they're comfortable in their approach, they know what they're looking for. Hitting gets easier, correct? Big facts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, when you were at Garden, you had Gundy tell you, "Don't swing at the curveballs." And you're like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're probably right." And things got a little bit easier. It's all about just like what, finding what they're comfortable in. And most of the kids nowadays, they don't realize it growing up. and They learn it at a I guess, actually now, more kids are probably learning than we ever did. Way more, way more, way more. So these kids learning their approach at a younger age is creating monsters in the batter's box, as we're seeing with all these younger guys going in the MLB things like that. Obviously, those guys are freaks and they're athletic specimens, but a lot of to do with their approach as well. Hit the fastball.
0: It helps out a lot. It really does when you're able to kind of nail down that other side of things. The swing, Mm -hmm. um, to me... You know, you could have a really good swing if you're not having the mental side, if you're not having the aspect of a plan. And I think that ties into that confidence that you're saying with kids. Like if I know that I have a plan going into the batter's box of um, like, hey, so for me, uh, Coach Gundy at Garden City was one of the first guys to really like sit me down and just ask simple questions of, you know, do you hit the fastball or the curveball better? Fastball. All right, well, stop swinging at curveballs early in the count if you don't have to. Oh, mm-hmm. like I never, I never like was a thought of mine. And I know to people listening, that might sound absolutely crazy. And especially if you haven't played the game and you haven't been like taught that aspect of things. Like for me, I never really like thought of it in a sense of like that. Like I knew. You know, I wanted to hit fastballs, but I never like went up with like a major plan until like my sophomore year of college, and so having that didn't like change me as a hitter physically, but it helped me out so much more when it came to game time and stuff like that because I knew I had a plan, and it was something that I could go back to and like lean on, and if I messed up or let's say I did, uh, you know. I, I took a fat or I took a curveball that was a called strike. Like instead of feeling defeated because I'm oh one now, I actually feel good about myself because it was like, hey, like, you know, I told myself I was only looking fastball, I recognized curveball early. Now I've seen what a curveball is supposed to look like for a called strike. Now I can eliminate anything that looks like that that, you know, is gonna start and end up a little bit lower. And it was able to mm-hmm. help me build a little bit more into that. Um and Dude, It helps out so much more on the confidence side of things. It's crazy.
2: Well, that and just being able to get your A swing off. Like, when you're up there worrying about, like, oh, shit, is my swing this, 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 you're probably not going to get your A swing off. But if you're just going up there trying to execute a plan, like, hey, I'm going to sit fastball if I get it here. I'm going to get my freaking swing off, and we're going to go. I think things get a little bit easier for for everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It makes, Like you said, like, get, your, get your A swing off, like, if you set up, uh, to look for a certain location and, and and have a plan for like where you want this ball to go once you, once you see it in that location, um, your swings gonna be better because your your body's gonna kind of adjust to what that intention is. Like my, I'm looking mm-hmm. for an away fastball, I can hammer to the opposite fill gap. Like okay, your your body's gonna knows what the goal is, knows what the objective is. It's gonna get a better swing off than if you were up there going okay, I'm I'm trying to recognize where the pitch is and I'm just trying to hit it really hard. Well, it's not really a focused intention, and the swings you have to compensate to to try and just get to the baseball instead of going, you know, I know what the goal is. I know what the objective is. I know how to move the bat through the zone to, to complete that objective. Mm-hmm.
2: Also, I feel when like it uh, makes timing ahead, see, a lot sorry. easier. That's all I had. just I feel like it makes timing a lot easier.
1: Yeah. I didn't hit
2: it on high level, so I don't know.
0: For sure. But. No, it does. I, I think because then now you're eliminating – the possibility of, you know, uh, if if you're slightly off time or anything, you've eliminated the aspect of feeling like the oh crap feeling. You know, if you were, you know, off time, let's say you're hunting fastball and it ends up being an off speed, like for me as a hitter, when I was going through it, I was varied to where if I, you know, swung and missed or something like that, to me, instead of uh, – feeling like I was going to be confident on my next swing. It was kind of like a, oh, no, he now knows that, you know, I'm struggling with curveballs. And so now it's in the back of my head, like, oh, is it going to be another curveball? It's going to be another fastball. Like, what am I going to get? So now instead of, you know, having a plan and saying, I'm going to stick to this, I'm going to go with this, now I've got six different thoughts going in my head let alone the you know pitch location let alone the situation just the the pressure of you know people in the stadium like whatever it is it just adds more and when you can take that stuff off of the hitter's plate and allow them just to focus on the things that actually matter like just hitting the baseball it becomes so much simpler
1: yeah and that's why i think i think when guys talk about approach it gets it can get very complicated um as far as like, oh, this is what the pitcher's done in last couple at-bats, or this is what he normally does in these counts. And, uh, you know, with the runner on second and the weather being 72 degrees <laughs> and partly cloudy, he likes to throw a curveball in the bottom quadrant of the zone, <laughs> so I need to be ready for that. Like, it can get really complicated. So, like, the the simpler the approach can be, uh, I think the easier it is for hitters, like you said, to just focus on what matters. Like, I, I got one objective I got a really simple approach I'm not thinking a lot and I'm just gonna try and hammer a baseball and complete whatever my ball flight target is for for that calendar for that that situation We're,
0: we've been using um, I have a pitching machine set up in my barn and it's only about 25 feet from home plate to the machine so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the biggest distance to which guys are able to make in swing or like in during ball flight adjustment um and a lot of the guys i i've had with this off season or winter break i've had a couple college guys that are coming through and before then i've really only had high school guys hitting off of it and i've known that you know they need to figure it out like i've known that this is going to be long run, like good for them hitting off of the machine like this. I mean, and I'm able to change it from 75 miles an hour to 110. Right. So it's not like this is set at just a hundred and I'm trying to have freshmen hit off of it. Like there's an equation and it's varied on the, on the speeds and everything like that. But uh, the college guys, they love it. They love it. And the high school guys, not so much yet the success level is right around the same when they first start. And I was really wondering and trying to figure out why it is to where the college guys, after their first round of sucking, they can't wait for the second round and why the high school guys after the first round, you know, never want to revisit it again. And I think it comes down to one, the college guy knows what's going to help them in the long run because they see it they've been around guys for a long time and everything like that for the high school guy you know if you're a freshman if you know i'm showing you the a mirror that only shows your flaws of something it, it's not a very it's not very fun to look at that mirror and so a lot of the time they'd rather just not look at it and one of the things that the college guys are catching on to a lot faster is the timing of it i have a little arm that will turn and it'll drop a ball and then it drops the ball onto these uh like circle like imagine like a gumball drop when you put a quarter in and you turn it and it goes around like two loops right that's kind of that's mm-hmm. kind of what it will do and you can see the two loops and they'll drop into the pitching machine and shoot well the college guys they figure out like oh this pitching machine compared to the other pitching machines, I can actually get a timing mechanism off of it rather than somebody just shooting it into a hack attack and, you know, maybe it rattles, maybe it doesn't, whatever it is. Like, this actually is going and it's very consistent. So if I can find a consistent point for my timing in which I start my load, I'm going to be fine. For the high school guy, they just keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in their own head. And they can never figure it out when I just simply bring up like, hey, find a consistent point to get your load eliminate the timing variability. And only now you only have to think about the pitch location rather than trying to worry about timing and pitch location. And so far, every single high school guy, the moment that they've been able to figure out a, a timing point to which they get their load. Now they're just crushing baseballs off of the machine it's just because we simply eliminated one thing off of their plate that they were having to worry about. Now it's a very, um, you know, safe environment and everything like that. You know, there's no off speed ability. There is no, you know, everything like that. The pitches are, are varied a somewhat degree. They're all somewhat within the zone. And so it's not game a hundred percent like, but it, it kind of helps and shows the ver- the value of being on time and having an approach to where you are giving yourself the right amount of time to hit. Right,
1: yeah, I think the you know we're lucky enough to have have nice pitching machines, get the eye pitches and, and everything where we can um, throw mixed pitches and you know it's 55 feet um, pure drive line and uh, I think the biggest thing I notice with younger hitters coming in is they get on and we'll set them up, you know, with as much as they can handle. I got to freaking 14 year old kid right now that's hitting 90 mile an hour fastballs and 85 mile (laughs) an hour sliders every day and he's just getting chewed (laughs) up some days he crushes and some days he doesn't but like you know we're just we just kind of throw him into the fire and like see how they figured out the first you know when they're just starting off the machine and it's it's high velocity high spin rate stuff they swing it every and they and it's just like they won't look back at the tv to see where it is on hit tracks they just they swing and miss, and they're or they'll foul it off or hit a ground ball or whatever, and they just look up ready for the next pitch, and so it, a lot of the times it's like, hey, like turn around, like take a second, turn around. Where was that pitch? And they look back. It's like you know, it's a ball out of the zone, like blowing away, and they're. I'm like, so like, was that a bad swing? Like, why, why are we getting frustrated? Well, I, I felt <laughs> like I just like lost my posture on that one, and I'm like, no, it, it was a ball, like. <laughs> it had nothing to do with your swing. Like it was a ball. So like, like if you're going to swing, like check and see if it was a strike first before you start beating the hell out of yourself. Um, and like that mindset switch of like, Oh, I only have to swing at strike or like, I, I have some sort of feedback to tell me like, Oh yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a strike or that was a ball, you know, it, like that type of thought process seems to get lost a lot of the time in training environments um because it's not like a live arm there's not an umpire there's no count uh and so like part of working on approach for me is just like it has to be ingrained into everything we do um whether that's machine work or front toss like you have to make decisions when you're hitting in games so every time you swing the bat you should be having to make decisions anyway um and getting them to just like think about that starts helping them develop a little bit of in their head what a pitch looks like what a ball looks like um, when it's you know a third of the way to the plate that okay that's going to be a strike or that's going to be a ball um, they start to kind of frame that out whether that's consciously or unconsciously they seem to do a lot better once they start taking uh, that kind of approach like okay was that a good pitch to swing at and just having that thought in their head
0: that's one of the things just... to where oh go ahead Stevie sorry you're good I think I was just going to say like the way like keeping things simple,
2: just it, it tends to work out way better. Yeah, way better. Yeah. It's hard to be fed information over and over and over again. And just it's tough. And I've learned my lesson with it, too, like over coaching. We talked about that on the first podcast, but mm-hmm. it's freaking hard. It's hard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Got to dumb it down.
0: With, uh, with my pitching machine so there's uh, 12 pitches that is able to shoot out on an automatic feed and that's our warm-up round and my machine it's I love it on the aspect of it's not consistent it yeah. will be around the zone but it is not like one will be at the top of the zone like top top and then the next one's at your knees. And then next one's a little bit in, next one's a little bit out. Like, it varies it varies well enough. And, you know, was that their goal in making this pitching machine? No. Do I love the fact that it does that? Yes. So I love it, and I tell all my guys that even when, you know, in your warm-up, if you take a pick, because I had one kid that was like, oh, like, there were three bad pitches, can you, like, add three more baseballs? I was like, no, like this was your warm up. And I honestly value the ability to take, and I've been calling it a power take just because the other, when I say, you know, just take, kids don't understand the difference between it's 3 0, I'm big poppy, the guy's in the middle of his motion, I'm already walking towards first base kind of take. And then there's the take like, I thought, I think this is going to be down the middle. I'm sending it over the fence. Holy cow, that's a wipeout slider. Let me hold up. Like, there's a difference between those two, quote-unquote, takes. And for them to be able to understand that and, like you were saying, JP, make that power decision um, or or make that, you know, split-second decision in the swing, like, that's very important. And so I've been making sure that all of my guys understand that, hey, the ability to take is just as important as the ability to swing
2: exactly. and
0: once they're able to like understand that and once they are able to harness that in like easy peasy baby yeah,
1: exactly like a take is a good rep if you take a ball like that's as good as hitting you know a, a ball over the over the fence in in training like that needs to be that same level of success where you're like okay like nice take like uh and you have to kind of reinforce that as a coach. Like, if a kid takes a ball, you have to give them some positive feedback of like, "Yeah, hey, sweet, good take. Like that was that was really good. That was a tough pitch," um, or like, "Hey, like you know, good read there," because um, because kids forget. Like they get into just training mode where it's just swing after swing after swing. It's like no, like like there you, you still gotta you still gotta make that decision. And we kind of break up our training based on our lifting schedule where. Um, like, their lifting days will do higher swing volumes uh, with just straight, you know, one-pitch mix. So it's just fastballs, just sliders, just curveballs, whatever it is for that day. And then alternating days, we'll do mixed pitch. So it'll be fastball slider, or we'll do at-bats or whatever. And that day always starts off with, like, hey, guys, like, today is is a mixed pitch day. You're going to take less swings today. Like, you're not going to take 100 swings. Like, you're going to swing maybe 25 times. You might get 25 pitches to swing at. And that if you take all of the balls and swing at all the strikes, that needs to be a good day for you. Like that needs to be a successful mm-hmm. training day, because um, part of like part of being a complete hitter is not just being able to hit the ball well; it's also being able to make that decision. So a take is just as valuable as as hitting the ball in in that training environment. The yes.
0: issue, and I, I've had a coach like this, and uh, Stevie, if you have JP, if you have, I've had coaches and i've trained with coaches where i was you know two cages over in uh uh, like camp type setting or clinic type setting to where i have heard coaches and it wasn't just like for one round because i've had i've heard of uh, something called like a war mode or like a war round or whatever where you have to swing at everything yeah um and uh kind of like a vladimir uh, guerrero kind of idea or whatever i honestly think it's so uh, the pitcher can get warm a little bit that's throwing BP uh, without feeling any penalties, you know what I mean? Um, but I've had and heard coaches multiple times after that first, like, round where we're deep into it, We're not doing hit runs, we're not doing something like this, get upset at a player for taking three pitches in a row because the BP thrower couldn't throw a decent pitch. And when I say decent, I mean, like, These balls are bouncing and the coach, instead of like looking in the mirror and going, wow, I suck at BP, (laughs) like, or actually maybe, Hey, you're a really good BP thrower because you mix it so well. Um, (laughs) And they were getting mad at the player. And I'm like, all right, so now you're asking the player to forego the approach that they've been building or working towards. And you're going to be the same coach in the Probably first base box. I don't think you're going to have the, the level of being in the third base box, but maybe you are.
1: <laughs> you're going to
0: be in one of those boxes yelling at that kid for swinging at a ball in the dirt, right. and the kid's going to look at you, and that's going to be the same pitch that you threw him two days ago in batting practice, yeah. and you yelled at him for taking.
1: Yeah, just doing what you practiced, Coach. Just doing what I practice. Exactly. And
0: that's, that's, like, I've heard that within the last three years. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's the hardest, you know. That's the hardest part. I think you have to start with like the environmental thought of like, okay, what what are we actually trying these kids to do? Because because everything everything you do in that training environment gonna they're gonna do in the game. They're going to do it in the game because they do it so many times. Their brain's just gonna process it and they're gonna do it in the game. So every little detail. Just like you said, like yeah, I know it's frustrating throwing pitches. You're you're just struggling out there. Like I'm I'm an average BP <laughs> thrower, but I've definitely been there where you're just like, just just please, dear God, swing the bat. I know it's you're not, just it's swimming like, Just swing the bat, and get me off this, <laughs> off this mound. Um, but like they're gonna take that and do it in the game, and so you have to think about that for sure. Let me let me ask you let me ask you guys this. So like a kid kid's starting a season, right? You've been working with them for a while. Um, kind of got a pretty good idea of what a swing looks like and, and kind of what he can handle. He comes to you and just says, like, hey, like, you know, I want to talk about approach. You know, where, what does that conversation look like for you guys? What what kind of topics do you cover um, with him or her, I guess? Location, pitch type, what
2: he feels he hits the best compared to what the data shows, even though I don't have the data, but my data is my own eyes. Right. You know, so I'm going to ask him what he feels like he hits like, the location that he feels like he hits the best, the pitch types, things like that. And then we're going to go through it and just, really, I'm going to tell him to hunt fastballs, part of the plate that he likes. And they, the zone, you, oh, oh, you're looking for your pitch, right? You go yes. up the ball, you're still looking for your pitch. One strike, it expands maybe a little bit. Two strikes, expands maybe a little bit. Or not maybe a little bit. It's going to expand more. It's just simple things like that for me, especially with younger kids, because that's really all I've been dealing with. Yeah.
1: yeah, it definitely varies based on like level of play for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I've had um, I had a system and I've, I've floated back and forth between it on the idea of it being like too much to kind of think about in the box and stuff. but I've had like a plus or minus system in the past to where when you are up in the count like plus plus, then you are looking for your pitch and your location. Mm-hmm. Now if you're even uh with the pitcher um then you're only looking for either your pitch type or pitch location depending on the type of hitter uh you are. And then if you're behind in the count, it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> if yeah. you like it or not. It it depends <laughs> on ultimately what the result of it is going to be and so like let's say it's an 00 count, you're uh you are Essentially three pitches away from striking out. So in my eyes, I would see that as like a plus plus count. So you're looking for your pitch, whether that be a fastball, curveball, changeup slider, and that can also vary depending on, you know, Jay, you mentioned it earlier about it possibly clustering the brain a little too much. And it also comes down to uh the level of play that you're at. But you know, if you've got a scattering report that you know, this guy comes at right-handed hitters on Tuesdays in the afternoon when you're wearing dark uniforms 85% of the time with a fastball. You know, if you've done your homework ahead of time, you know, it, you're going to be looking fastball. Or if it's a guy that works backwards and counts and likes to throw off speed at first, like if he's a Connor Burnsy shout out to Burnsy even though you're not on the pod. Um, keep simping it up over there, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> jk he's with his girlfriend for the, her birthday so that's lovely that's cool um he uh he was a major off-speed guy to kind of begin the uh account the uh, to begin it at bat and so if you got a guy like that you might be looking to change it but um generally you know oh oh you're looking for your pitch your location if it becomes oh one now we either take away where you're only looking for, you know, your account or your pitch or, uh, your pitch or your location. If it becomes O2, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If it becomes one, two, doesn't matter what you're doing. If it's one, one, and there's just like a little plus minus scale with it. Um, I've done that in the past. Um, I've kind of wanted to revisit it, but I'm not too sure. It essentially, you know, the absolutes of it and stuff like that, but, um, just like, like what Stevie said, really working on trying to figure out what is their best location-wise, what is their best pitch-wise, um, how aggressive can we be with it? If you're feeling yourself, then we can probably take that. Hey, I really like the away pitch. Now we can probably make that, you know, middle away or you know, all co- parts of the plate if everything is looking like a beach ball. Um, and if you're struggling, then we can do the exact same thing. When it's oh oh, we add more restrictions so that way. You know, you're only looking for a fastball high and away. And if you're struggling, you know, if you're just looking for one pitch, it kind of helps eliminate, in my eyes, the, you know, possibility of trying to, and having to swing at something else. Um, yeah. Makes it a little bit, a little bit easier, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And for, you know, if I had to boil down approach into like, Okay, how how would I explain this to somebody that doesn't know anything about baseball? Like, approach is just the hitter trying to eliminate as much as possible. Like, you're just trying to take away as many, uh, like, things as possible. And depending on your skill level, depending on kind of what kind of hitter you are, like, some hitters can take away a lot in certain counts, and some hitters uh, don't have to take away as much. Um, So, like, you know, a guy that's got stupid high bat speed, crazy exit velocity – and can get to a bunch of pitches, you know, his zone that he's looking for is going to be a lot higher um, in a lot more counts versus if you're a guy that does, you know, you're a guy that uh, I was like in college, um, like doesn't hit the ball very hard, not very strong. um, Like I have to really just flush a baseball to get it, you know, into a gap like early in the count. I'm going to look for just one, like, within an inch of my perfect spot that i know i can hit for a double um and so like the the skill level and who you are as a hitter kind of either expands those options or limits those options based on kind of where you're most productive um going but yeah yeah absolutely
0: it it, it is that was a solid person person. that's some solid knowledge right there boys some good stuff good approach stuff i like that yeah i like
2: that (laughs) <laughs> hey, you're smart,
1: Steve. Um, no you're smart dude i think that <laughs> uh i think <laughs> one of my one of my colleagues talked about who's like the best approach like plus count approach uh i've ever heard was just i want you to only swing at pitches that you can hit for a double if you can't hit it for a mm. double don't
0: swing at
1: it. and so like that completely opens it up to whatever the hitter is comfortable with. Because, like, you've seen dudes that take, like, a down-and-in fastball off the plate and just nut it to left center field. And you're like, okay, that was a ball, so it's probably not a good swing decision. But also, he hammered it, so, like, (laughs) it was. Um, And, like, if you you put that into your training of, like, hey, boys, like, it's plus count time. Like, we're going to do a round where it's 2-0, 3-1, 3-0 and you're only going to swing at pitches that you can hit for a double and you got a good feedback loop with, like, hit tracks, soda, whatever, it's like they're going to start figuring out pretty quickly, okay, what balls can I actually hit for a double and what balls do I think I can hit for a double? And that that zone that they're looking for is going to narrow pretty quickly, um, and they're going to get used to that. So then they get in the box and it's, you know, 2-0. It's like, hey, like, you know, it's got to be a double. And if, it, if it's not, like, just, you know, yeah, it was a bad decision. Um, so, like, just another way to kind of simplify it. I thought that was such a good, good little tidbit of like, I'm only gonna swing at pitches I can hit for a double. I like that. Simple and easy. Simple and easy. Um, Dude, it was funny. I had just this like kid completely almost... unique. Yeah, it really is. Hitter. I've never heard it. Um, yeah, like the hitter can take that, at, you know, whatever way they, uh, and it then from there, it's just a conversation of like, is this kid think he's better than he is, and he's swinging at everything. Or is this kid taking too much because he thinks he's terrible and he's actually really good, um, and then just having that conversation with him, it kind of takes that whole uh, getting too much information in the kid's head, having too many thoughts, uh, and kind of just takes that out of the equation completely. I like what mm-hmm.
0: you said about the uh, um, you know the kid thinks he's terrible, so he may not swing uh, when he actually you know has a really good swing um i actually have all my guys go through and i can send it to you guys as well um it looks ugly but you know it works uh (laughs) a little like approach sheet to where i just ask questions like you know and i'll actually i'll pull it up for us right now um i ask do you look for a specific pitch location um and if they say yes i ask what location and then i ask them if it's not in that location do you still end up swinging? And I've had a lot of them kind of like look at me weird. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And my story is like, you know, I led the, I was top five in the country freshman and sophomore year for strikeout. Brutal. Abysmal. Yeah. Okay. Stevie, Stevie. Not the
1: stat you want to be leading in.
2: <laughs>
0: Not at all. And thank you guys for tuning in to hit chat, Chit, Chat. I'm your host. So, <laughs> and uh, so that's brutal but uh when i tell them like hey i knew that i didn't want to swing at the curveball in the dirt yet i didn't have a choice in the type of swing that i had like if i somewhat started my swing i was going and there was nothing about it and so i wasn't choosing to swing i was being forced to swing essentially and so asking those questions and fi- finding out like you know if you swing Is it because it's like, oh, like I read this as a hanging curveball. I know I was hunting a fastball, but I am athletic enough to make an adjustment. Or is it like, oh, snap, I didn't realize this was a curveball until it was too late. I'm just winging. And I do the same thing for the uh, pitch type. But then I also have their kind of heat map of the zone that they think that they're good at. And why I've been asking this is with hit tracks, like you said, uh, with Raph Soto, how they're able to actually show the the actual uh, strike zone map and heat map of a hitter. Just in case there's a hitter that, let's say, they think they suck at high and inside pitches. So out of an entire season, they only swing at it 10 times. But out of those 10 times, they actually got, like, let's say, six results of, like, good results. And then you have the low and away pitch, they uh, take, let's say, out of every 10 swings, they only hit the ball well twice. But they swing at that low and away pitch four times more often than they do the high and end because in their head they think that that's a good pitch for them. Well, at the end of the season, you're going to have eight good hits off of the low and away and only six good hits off of the high and end. So you're gonna think, oh, I must be a much better hitter of the low and away. When actuality, you're actually a way better hitter at the high and in. You just don't have the confidence, or you don't realize that you're good enough to hit that pitch consistently. So you just lay off of it. And a lot of kids, when they like, I kind of explain that, they're like, oh, like I didn't even realize that (laughs) that might be a thing. And it's like, yeah, like. You know, you never, you never know about your approach until you actually sit down and just ask honestly the most simple questions in the world, and then have data to kind of like go up again. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: I
0: think hey guys, uh, to bring
2: over a side point, wouldn't it have been awesome to grow up with all the technology that these, these kids have? <laughs> Dude,
1: I've thought about that honestly because um, I don't know if it would have made me a better or a worse hitter. Because I would be the guy that, like, sat down and, like, read everything. And then just, like, because, like, we were, we were hitting. Like, we had the the hitting trainers sitting in the cage. You know, I, we haven't really swung in years, any of us. And I'm sitting there. We got the little mini hack set up, like, you know, 40, 45 feet away. And it's throwing, you know, nice, easy pitches and stuff like that. Now I'm on my head, like, going, like, watching the hit tracks. Okay, it's coming in it. 60 miles an hour as so it crosses the place was probably like 64 coming out the machine 40 feet away okay reaction time is this okay i gotta time up the arm as it comes in okay make sure i get into get into my load and then i'd hit one and like turn around and be like okay my point of contact was a little deep but i caught that off the end so like I'm, I'm pulling my hands a little bit okay okay and then just just a million thoughts running through my head <laughs> no <laughs> just, just saying, power I baby it, i think it would have
2: i think it would have domed my ass up yeah, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah which but is once like, i got used to it, it would be better
1: yeah which like and that's that's part of the reason like the the technology is awesome for the approach stuff like i think i think good coaches can coach a swing i think there's a lot of coaches out there that are that are knowledgeable enough have enough experience that they can take a kid and over the course of four to six weeks they can make them a little bit better I think there's plenty of coaches in the world that can do that. Um, I think there's a smaller percentage of coaches that can make that kid significantly better. But I think what a, what separates hitting coaches and, and good hitting coaches that can do that from really good hitting coaches, great hitting coaches are the ones that can have those conversations that we're talking about of like, Hey, like this is what hit track says you're good at. This is, this is a hey, turn around, like, look at where the strike zone is. Like, this is where that pitch was like you're not supposed to hit that pitch well. So, like, don't get upset with it. Like, what pitches can you hammer? Can you hit that pitch for a double? Like, let, let's have that conversation. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that relationship building as it comes into the approach talk kind of separates the dudes that can just get kids a little bit better over six weeks from coaches that can get that kid better over the course of his entire career even though he only worked with yes just yes, 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 yes. drop in knowledge dude yes. just drop
2: the mic just drop it we'll go, go. let's <laughs> go just go uh. <laughs> uh.
1: oh
0: shoot yeah i like that man i would have to say i like that a lot i have to agree because <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot like of the... said
1: there really are yeah, there's a lot that can teach a swing. A, a there's shit a shit ton. There's a shit ton. And I think about that a lot because, you know, kids, especially right now, guys are coming to the gym, um, you know, they're here for, for a week or two or, uh, you know, a month or something like that in their offseason. And, you know, they, they get better, right? The numbers get better. Things get better. And that's always kind of the running joke with the, the hitting trainers. Like, like, you can screw up. Like, as a coach, you can just jack the kid up, dome them up every single day. And just be like a really bad coach. Like the kid's gonna walk away in six weeks, and he's gonna be a little bit better. Like he just he can't come in here and train in the environment. He can't he can't go work with a coach and like not get a little bit better. You'd have to be a terrible coach for a kid to get worse. (laughs) Like you'd have to be so bad. Uh, So like, what's the what's the separating factor then? If there's if there's that many guys that can just do it.
0: Um, Well, it's the idea of. When people were training with the quote unquote knob to the ball motion, right? Hits were getting better, like you're saying, JP. Yeah, and I, I think it comes down to like just trying to hit a round ball with a round bat and square it up. And when you do something like that consistently, whether you're trying to do it in the quote unquote like Barry Bonds way, or if you're doing it like knob to the ball type of way like you're working on hand-eye coordination you are working on strength reps you're working on accelerating like you're just going to be a better athlete now at what like rate are you getting better and then with what aspects of the game are you getting better are they only focusing on the swing to where you're swinging at every single pitch when you step into the cage are you actually working on game-like decisions to where you're having to make uh, do I take this pitch? Do I swing at this pitch? Are you guys actually working on, you know, uh, building an approach with looking at the heat map of the, the player swing and comparing it to what they think their heat map should be. Like there's, there there's a lot of coaches that, you know, are not the greatest, but kids are getting better. And um, <laughs> it's just funny with the conversation that we, where we came from earlier yeah. Uh. Now we're on this kind of conversation. Yeah. I mean, because like uh, said,
1: it doesn't matter if you're hitting a blitz ball or you know whatever. Like if you if you hit a ball enough, you're gonna get. If you do something a lot, you're gonna get better. It it yeah. it's
0: just crazy. Cause then then they uh, the those coaches then and what you'll notice is a lot of the times those kind of coaches then will uh advertise as if it's their success where I feel a lot of the other coaches to where, you know, they're working on a lot more personable level and are actually understanding of what's going on. I think a lot of those coaches, uh, when they talk about success, they talk about it as the player's success.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: It's not yours. Um, you didn't do anything. You just helped. Yeah. They brought the yeah. ideas.
1: Yeah. Cause uh, you know, at the end of the day, like um, it's, it's kind of like anything else. I mean, it's just comes down to like, how good are you at building relationships? How good are you at going from like, you know, understanding to to them trusting you and like, uh, you know, being able to have that honest conversation. Cause if you can't build that relationship well enough with the athlete, that they're going to, they're going to be honest with you about how they're feeling, where they're at, what they're thinking. Uh, It's going to be really hard to get anywhere past just, is he getting better at, at just hitting a round thing with a round bat. Like it's gonna be really hard <laughs> to get to that second, third, fourth level of of going from being a swinger to a hitter. Uh, and and I think like I said, like that that's to me what really separates like good hitting coaches from, from great hitting coaches is that ability to develop that relationship and then, you know, teach them to be a complete hitter instead of just, just a swinger.
0: Hey man, it's the same idea. There are pitchers and there are throwers. There are swingers and then there are hitters. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. Any closing Pitching arguments, gentlemen? Pitching's
1: way easier, guys.
2: Pitching's way easier than hitting.
0: Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll double down on that. Uh, I'll, I'll
1: agree with that. Uh, Y'all were easy. Hey, to All right, I'll, 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 I do got I do got one little story about kind of approach success story that we had last week. Uh, oh, so so we got a kid. Uh, is a, he's a high school kid? He's a sophomore in high sophomore junior in high school somewhere there. He is massive. Like defensive lineman, like big, big, big. Oh, um, hits balls hard, that kind of thing. But just, just kind of the kid that's played at a low level high school, and it's just bigger and stronger than everybody, and just gets away with, you know, swinging at everything mm-hmm. type of thing. Well, so I'm up there throwing short box, and I'm I'm into it. It's him and a bunch of like like uh, minor league guy and a couple of indie ball guys. So, Like he's surrounded by just like studs. And so I'm locked in. I'm like, okay, I got to bring my A stuff for these guys. are just So I'm locked in dealing, right? And uh, probably two, three at-bats in, I just go up and down with them. Like, it's a little cheaty because, like, I know his swing flaws and so I can kind of expose him a little bit. Uh, He likes to get super vertical and just elevate the ball as much as he can. So I'm just going, like, fastballs at the top of the zone, top third of the zone. You know, he's normally either taking it for a strike or he's swinging underneath it. And then I'm just spiking curveballs in front of the plate that he just continues to swing at. And it's probably two, three at-bats, he does the exact same thing. I throw the exact same pitches. And one of the other trainers pulls him aside, and he goes, hey, like, what what pitch have you struck out on every single time? He's like, a curveball in the dirt. And he goes, yeah, so, like, how can we adjust to take that pitch away and make him beat you with something else? He was like, okay, like, I'm just going to look, look for something up. And if it's not above my waist, I'm not going to swing at it. Like he goes, Good, like that's that's what we want. So like just look for the fastball up. And if it's not up, don't swing. And so he gets up the next at bat and uh and I go, Okay, for you know, first pitch curveball in the dirt and he takes it. I'm like, Okay, okay. Looks like he made an adjustment, all right. And so I'm like, Okay, curveball, curveball down, like we'll we'll go fastball, fastball up, see if we can blow it by him. And I throw it out of the zone, like at his shoulders. And he just goes above the ball and just clobbers it for a home run to left center. (laughs) And he just kind of turned around and looked at the other trainer like, oh, my God. And I was like, God damn. So, of course, the rest of the day, he's (laughs) hammering any fastball I throw up in the zone. And I I am not a good pitcher. I do not have any other pitches. So, if you're not going to swing a pitch in the dirt and you're not going to hammer the fastball up in the zone. So, I ended up walking him like three more times that day. Because I couldn't throw another pitch for a strike. And so it's like it was just that like that mindset of just like, okay, I'm not gonna let him beat me with the same thing over and over again. I'm gonna make I'm gonna force him to try and beat me with something else. Because realistically, like until you get to the big leagues or like super high level college baseball, pitchers don't have the ability to strike you out with more than one. Thing. And if they do, they got lucky. So like if you can remove yeah. that, you're gonna you're gonna be a much more successful hitter going forward, but it was just it was just an awesome moment of just like like he it clicks for him like, oh wow. Like I didn't change anything about me. I didn't really get like quote unquote better. But I am ten times more productive as a hitter, uh, just making that simple adjustment.
0: It opens up a whole new world. Easy, it, really does. it does. It's unbelievable.
1: And like I said, just like covers up, you know, like covers up some swing flaws. Like the kid doesn't have the greatest mm-hmm. swing. Like he gets super vertical. But like a little adjustment change, and I couldn't beat him. I could, He dominated me the rest of the day. I was striking out minor leaguers, and he this little you know freaking junior in high school was dominating me.
0: <laughs> dude, you're telling me you're striking out minor leaguers, and that's oh, not yeah, the first thing in your bio?
1: Oh my god! I mean, from 47 feet, <laughs> my stuff is disgusting.
0: <laughs> I need that. I need that to be the new. Uh, I need that to be the new uh, JP Twitter bio. Twitter
1: bio. I
0: strike out minor leaguers from 47 (laughs) feet. Put my
1: strikeout record on
0: there. (laughs) Just start every day. That (laughs) needs (laughs) to be the new thread, JP. I need to see your strikeout percentage from each short box day.
1: Every short box, every week. (laughs) Yes. Start
0: (laughs) please start posting it as like a troll. (laughs) Please. That would be amazing. Tag like uh oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, tag Jeffrey Fry. And just be like, look at these driveline hitters. Can't can't do anything against do anything
1: me. Anything gets me. I'm dominant. Whatever these driveline guys are doing, are it's terrible for these
0: kids. Can't put a ball in play. Can't hit a can't hit a 60 mile an hour fastball from 40 feet from a washed up uh, University of Dallas guy. These guys stink.
2: Uh, that's
1: awesome. That's awesome.
0: All gentlemen, I appreciate Let's you ball guys for the coming on in high school. Yeah. (laughs) Oh shit. Oh man. This is a good podcast. Oh yeah, man. This is a good podcast. I like this one. It was a good one. You guys got anything for the people? That's it. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys. Until next week. Um yeah, if if we can't get something Sunday, we'll definitely get something on another day. Um, but we will get something out for you guys next week um merry christmas happy uh, i think hanukkah kwanzaa any other holidays um you know happy uh holidays and everything like that and thank you guys for tuning in have a great rest of your day